right there. Move that there. Place that dog right there. And Bruno, that's not food. That's for towns. I'm gonna send you to the glue factory. God damn it, how many times do I have to... Oh! Who could that be? If it isn't Mark and Eric, I'm so glad to see you both. Oh, oh, it's cold and out it's there. Cold. Steven, I know you're busy at... Oh, God, I know you're busy at work a lot of the times, but, uh... Could you, uh... I don't know, could you, uh... Could you scoop the snow out of your walkway there, man? I'm just, jeez, oh, my feet are freezing. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that snow at all. There must be something in the air right now. And uh, since I knew you were both coming over, I did at least turn the heat on. I won't turn it on for my family, but I'll turn it on for you. Mm. Mark, I love that scarf. Oh, man, I know. Tis the season to be a little festive. It goes all the way wrapped around my neck three times and still has managed to go to the feet. It is a chill out there. Good thing I'm wearing my fingerless gloves so I can still text and look like a hobo. <laughs> oh, it's true. That's true. Steve, thanks for having us over. Look at you. You, you really did. There's a fire roaring. There is hopefully uh, eggnog that hasn't been sitting out for too long. There is some eggnog. It's interesting that, yes, I have this fireplace, but I'm running the heat full blast as well. I... You know, no sparing no expense for when we can get together around the holidays, if you know what I'm saying. Ah, the old John Hammond. Spared no expense. I love it. It makes me feel right at home. Egg, egg, nog, exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of which here, I I made some uh, eggnog for the both of you. Here you go. There's uh, eggnog for you. And uh, don't you worry about, I mean, how'd you guys get here tonight? Ah, yes. Since um, the car, I felt like going into pioneer times. And I took the old trusty dog sled over here, led by one lone greyhound dog that I found whimpering by the racetrack. Mm. Took me a, at least uh, three hours to get up here. Yeah. This, this hill is, is trouble. Now, see, I've been trying to pick up some extra dough on the weekends. And uh, I've been uh, cleaning off the uh, the old ice skating rink, so I drove my Zamboni up. It's a it's a rental. It's not mine. It's it's you know corporate was nice enough to loan it to me for the weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it made a it was a slow it was a slow journey, but I felt safe. Well, all right then. Well, technically a dog drove Mark, so he can have as much of this eggnog as he wants. Eric, I want you to pace yourself. I don't want to go through another episode of the Fragile. You hear me? I I understand. I understand. We're here. We're we're we're, 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 we're warm. Some good nog there, Egg. Friends. And, whew, this is it's got burning. It's burning my nose hairs. Whatever's in this uh, this mix here. It's a classic, classic Chambers mix of eggnog. I will um, take my time with this eggnog. I promise. I'll slip it slowly and I'll also <laughs> sip this while I'm sipping that eggnog. Wait a minute. <laughs> I what? All right. Well, you just be careful driving back, Eric. I um, here, hold on. Let me. Hey, I was told we could have a sleepover tonight. This was going to be a sleepover. I brought my PJs. And your long stocking cap. That's that's right. And that's uh, right. And a candle holder, just in case I hear a sound outside. <laughs> it might be Saint Nicholas cruising cruising California a little bit early. In the spirit of the season, I guess we can have a three dog night, if you know what I'm saying. 
Eric, I love the way that your nightgown looks with your your long your winter stocking sleeping cap. You look good. You look like Scrooge himself. <laughs> oh, thank you. Glasses perched on the end of your nose. <laughs> thank you. Yes, it's a nice. <laughs> yep, I let my uh, sideburns grow out a little scraggly too. I yeah, fit in the part. Oh, guys, this is the this is the time of year, isn't it? It, it, it is. It really is. It's amazing. I never knew that they made uh, corduroy male <laughs> nightgowns. But you could hear them go. <laughs> let me just let me just turn this down. I was listening to uh, John Lennon's greatest hits. You know that old great song that uh, Mary Xmas War is over. That's probably the best thing Yoko Ono's ever touched. Oh, yes. If you ask me. Oh yes. Wonderful. It's a great little song. It uh, really. Gets in the spirit of things that uh, things are going to be a okay, and there will bring joy to this world. Exactly. No matter how endless the tragedies are, but you know, let's now we're all hanging out. Let's uh, let's play a game or two. Would you like to play a Christmas game? Oh, I'd like nothing more, <laughs> Father. I mean, Steve, sorry, got caught up in the moment. Yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> well, you know what? I'm in the mood for let's just let's let it all hang loose Eric I know you always have it with you did you bring the diamond dice oh of course I did I, I never leave never leave home without it I make most of my decisions with the diamond dice well I don't give a shit if we're recording a proper episode or not you should roll that dice right now all right I think you have an idea something that will these numbers will link to that's Christmas themed I could only imagine so uh, let's see what we get today bye george it's a reindeer i didn't know there was a reindeer on this day oh my that must be the spirit of christmas working saint nick himself a reindeer well i suppose since we've got nothing better to do we should just talk about a david bowie related christmas song what do you guys think uh, there's a couple Either that or the Bass Rankin stop motion Christmas specials. Uh, I'm I'm game for either one. Well, well yeah, okay, fine then. Uh, I am always game for them as well. And David Bowie definitely should have been in the Mad Monster Party uh, movie, but that was not Christmas. <laughs> Jack Frost. What is your What is your drug of choice when it comes to the Bankin and Rass, uh, Rankin and Bass? <laughs> <laughs> Xmas films. So I've got a. Oh, Mark, you go first. You brought it up. You're, I can tell you're chopping at the bit to talk about this one. I mean, Yukon Cornelius is a character for our times and that time. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go old school. Just the Island of Misfit Toys, that whole universe. So I'm gonna go OG and just go with our good friend Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, bringing such characters as Herbie the Dentist into the zeitgeist and. Uh, how abusive the rest of those fucking reindeer were. Uh, so fucking mean. So mean. <laughs> Good God. Sorry to curse over eggnog, but I just... It's there. I mean, um, there are some curiosities. Jack Frost and the year without Santa Claus. Um, and I think there's even a Santa Claus comes to town. I've actually got I got one for you. I got I got one. Uh, my favorite one, and I do love Rudolph. But like Rudolph, we recorded it off TV. I had it on VHS. We had another one that we recorded off TV. I've never met anybody else that has seen this, but I have Googled it and know for a fact it exists. And it's a very strange one called The Life and Times of Santa Claus. 
And this thing starts with the uh, immortals of the woods, and they all look like wizards with like bark oh, yeah. crowns, and um, they, there's like fairies, and there's like all these like mythological. Some of them are scary, like evil ones. Some are good, and um, <laughs> it's something like there is a a fairy that has found a babe in the woods, a orphaned baby. And uh, they decide they're gonna put him through trials, and if he's worthy, they're going to make him immortal as well. And uh, it puts Santa on this uh, interesting, he's raised by fairies, and then he goes to the human world, and he sees like all these homeless kids and feels bad for them, they don't have anything, so he starts making toys for them once a year. And uh, his achievements are so, I mean, they fight monsters, he fights some ogres. His achievements are so power, amazing, that they grant him immortality so he can do it every year. It's a really good one, I, it, 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 but it's vanished into obscurity. I, I couldn't watch it if I wanted to, but uh, we always had it. We always threw that one on once a year. I've seen it. It's wild. I've never, I've never heard of that one before. I, I, I will check that out. You know, I am a, I'm a, I'm a Santa Claus is coming to town, town guy with the Burgermeister, Burgermeister, Meister Burger. Um, I think you know those things. When you look back at them now, they are, you know, they're very of their time. But I still think they're kind of magical. And also as a kid, they're just, uh, I think they seemed really special to watch. I, I really enjoyed whenever they would come on. I mean, same here. It just felt like you're just watching candy coming out of the screen. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. just gives you that feeling, right? Yeah, I agree. That's a great description. Yeah, those are great. Well, it, it, so how do you two feel about Christmas in general? I, as much as I am a curmudgeon, I am actually a big fan of the Christmas holiday time. Not exactly the gift giving. That's actually my least favorite part. It, too much stress involved. I just, uh, too much dick measuring with other family members and just, it seems almost like if you, if you were to ask me and probably most of my family, if we would be honest with each other, we would just not get gifts and, you know, take care of our kids and our significant others and then just not have the stress of all the gifts and shit. But everything else about Christmas, all of the other stuff, the lights, the weather, the music, I, I, I love it all. I'm a, I'm a Christmas nerd. Well, I really do truly hope that literally there is a dick measuring contest at your family functions, because I need an invite. Um, but I, I will have to say, I'm uh, out of the three of us, I think that I'm steeped into retail, which can absolutely drain your whole feeling of the spirit of the season but having said that mm. uh, you're right there is something special around this time of year you get to decorate your house uh, putting up some lights and if you have children in the house this is a special magical time for them and just knowing what I felt when I was a kid and now getting to watch them experiencing that uh, it's hard not to get a sense of joy out of that and I do agree with you about the gift giving not just to the sense of I don't mind giving gifts but it seems that it's such a consolidated rush through our population to buy gifts where it, that whole process becomes stressful. Um, I like giving gifts. I like making people happy. Um, but I'm more so, but it's also getting gifts in return. I'm at the age where I feel like if there's something I want. I go and buy it and right. Um, so that whole magic of getting a gift, exactly. I don't really feel that anymore. Um, but I, I personally actually like giving gifts because I get to see just kind of the reaction that itself is gifted in itself for me, just to see if like, if I've created joy or if I've created happiness by giving them something, 
and whether or not they continue to use it, obviously when you give your kids toys, that whole thing has a shelf life of how long they're gonna play with it and keep it in their collection. But it could be something that they look fondly on years from now and be like, I remember when my parents got me this and it was very special because I've wanted it all year and this is the day that I finally got it. So there's no denying how cool this kind of season is. Yeah, b being able to be on the other side of that and to fulfill your kids' gift wish fulfillment is something pretty cool. It's almost like when you're a kid, the gifts, you're like, oh my God, I got my, I can't get this myself. My parents got to get it for me. And then if they do, you're stoked. And then as you get older, that goes away because like you said, you can just get things for yourself if you need them. But then if you end up having kids or maybe just somebody in your family you really care about, I guess, you know, being able to do that for them uh, is a great feeling. So yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. I go through phases. Sometimes I get stressed. Um, when it's a lead up and then like, yeah, people start putting their decorations up too early. Uh, no offense to uh, family members who, who do that. But like, uh, I start feeling like the stress and like, it's like, ah, it's not even uh, November yet. Why am I seeing, why am I seeing Christmas stuff? I start, <laughs> start getting the stress. But then when I'm in it and it's just like hanging out and it's like this, what we're doing right now, going in from the cold to a nice, like a nice time. Like there's not like you can't, even if you do that later in the year, it can still be a wonderful time, but it's not going to feel like this kind of Christmas experience, it's, it's kind of fun. And Steve, you've helped me kind of uh, uh, appreciate Christmas a little bit more uh, too, with some of our endeavors uh, as youths. Uh, yeah, the Yuletide Wrangler, Wranglers may never ride again, but they rode three times. Eric and I had some Christmas themed projects we did in our youth when we lived together. Yeah. And uh, no, just get, get getting together with people you care about in the cold weather, which I think is why we created Christmas. So we all don't kill each other or die um, is a wonderful thing. And a quiet night listening to some good music uh, in, in any time in December. Oh my God. I can't, I can't beat it. Um, so that being said, what are do you guys have any music related particular Christmas memories? Essentially, I'm going to start with non Christmas and I'm, or not music, then I'm going to go to music. I had a one two punch of great like themed presents for my parents two years in a row. Like when I was in fifth grade, it was Batman, and I got the graphic novel of Death in the Family, and I got Dark Knight Returns. They had no idea what was in those pages. Oh my god! Uh, How old were you when they got you Dark Knight Returns? I was 10. Uh, yeah, little, I was 10. A little young for that, if you ask me. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, there's boobies and uh, bad words and stuff. Yeah. it Swastika covered boobies. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I got those and that was, I, that was, uh, I was so stoked. And I read those like back to back over and over again for the next year. And then the next year I got into music and I got my own boom box and I got a couple CDs and I got, 
Nirvana's in Utero, um, which I was familiar with them and heard the other albums. This is the first one that I had, and uh, and that was awesome. And I think I got Pearl Jam. Uh, what was the what was the one after? What, maybe it was Verses. Maybe that, what was the first album that they put out? Ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten. Yeah. Then I got then I had Verses because I did not have the first album until later. But yeah. So those were fun, and I and I listened to those, and I and my friend who we were up, our family friends, we were up at their cabin. My friend got the same gift, got a boombox, but he got the Shaquille O'Neal rap CD, Shaq Fu. So, uh, <laughs> so we listened to a little in utero and a little Shaq Fu. <laughs> that explained a lot about you. Ah. <laughs> uh. Mark, what, hey, if, if, what about you? If Shaq, remember what we learned. If Shaq didn't have a rap career, we never would have gotten that Smashing Pumpkin song, I, which is fantastic. That's true. Reference season one, folks. Reference season one for that. That's right. So for me, uh, every year, uh, I would always be counting on getting a new Farside calendar. That would be number one. Oh. They're always under the tree by the stocking. New Farside calendar. Top notch. Um, I didn't really ask for a whole lot of music. Uh, but there was one time in, I want to say it was seventh grade, and I've been waiting for this CD. I think I put it on some sort of list, and uh, you know, there I go. I open up on Christmas Eve. My parents would let me open up at least one present. But I usually knew what I wanted, so I want to say in seventh grade, the big thing for me to get was a a starter jacket. Starter was obviously, you know, but it wasn't one of them satin jobs. It was like a parka. That was kind of the, the look. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And uh, so Christmas Eve, pull out the, the parka. It's, it's a team. I, I remember picking it out of, uh, I was really obsessed with baseball. And I had my teams, but I was just all of a sudden really obsessed with the expansion teams. So I got a Florida Marlins parka. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is teal abomination. <laughs> but man. Man, really the, like the themes of our episodes keep coming back. <laughs> we didn't we didn't plan this. Time is a flat circle. Yeah. Um so but uh, my musical memory is of course cracking open that CD, unwrapping that cellophane, opening that jewel case putting that disc right in the player, hit and play, and what do I get to hear? I go walking in a... in the middle of the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Your parents bought you adult contemporary music. Oh man, they really had their the finger on the pulse buying, buying oh. their 11 year old oh. son Billy Joel albums. Oh god. And Mark. I would make sure that one day, I promise myself, I'm gonna dance to this in front of my 8th grade class. Oh. <laughs> Oh man, what a what a crossroads in your life right there. You know what wow. is amazing is that when Mark told us the Billy Joel flopping on the ground story, 
I didn't put <laughs> I didn't put two and two together that he was an eighth grader. That just <laughs> makes it a little funnier. I mean, I was in yes. a middle school yesterday at yes. work, and I saw some eighth graders. Yeah, and that's those are big kids. Those are big boys. Those are big boys. <laughs> oh man, I had a uh, for a Christmas. My dad got me a uh, Oakland A starter jacket, which was one of the satin ones. And uh, we went to visit my grandparents in Reading. And I, when we got to Reading, I realized, oh, where'd my jacket go? And I fucking left it in a round table in Lincoln that was three hours away. And man, he was so fucking pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> That was, I, probably like in the top five times that he came close to just beating the shit out of me, but uh, he didn't, he didn't, but man, he was pissed. And now being a dad myself, if I would have bought something for my kid that cost like 80 bucks or a hundred bucks, if he lost it two days later, I get that feeling. So yeah. Um, so did you go back and get it or was that lost to the ages? Oh, it was, it was, it was long gone. By the time we got back there, it was gone. Oh man. It's fine. I bought I bought one for myself again on eBay approximately 25 years later. Um, yeah, my one of my favorite one of my favorite Christmas gift memories was when uh, I was really jonesing for the only time I ever broke into the gifts was the year that Turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 the arcade game came out on Nintendo, yeah. and I I needed to know that we were getting that game, and I went and thought I was poking like discreet holes in every gift and mind you I had three step bro- or two step brothers and a brother who might have gotten it too so I was poking holes in all their gifts as well and we did get the game and I also got chastised for fucking ruining the wrapping and all the gifts <laughs> I uh they totally were on to me so were you a sneaker would you guys go and sneak and find out what you were getting I there was a couple years where I tried I um I would I wouldn't. I would uh, rip, but I would not rip a rip it off. I would leave it stuck, so I could fold it back over when I was done. And if I could possibly see something in that one spot, I picked. Um, and it only. I think I had a, like a ten percent hit ratio. I think there may as maybe only one time I actually saw what was in there. Yeah. So. I was. A, I was a sneaker in general. I would take. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not my gifts as much, but I would look at the gifts occasionally. But, you know, I'd, I'd sneak into the kitchen and get food I shouldn't get. I'd sneak into uh, places that maybe uh, were my father's porn stash and look at that. You know, I'd sneak <laughs> I'd sneak into the neighbor's house and maybe get a hot pocket. I'd sneak into the other neighbor's house and maybe drink wine when I was in eighth grade. I don't know. You can't prove if I did this or not. But, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's a... <laughs> Kind of a yeah. kind of a shitty kid looking back. <laughs> oh boy! I'd beat the hell out of some kid if I caught him doing that around here. This um, is this is a blast, We're, guys. I'm gonna get another drink if you don't mind, Steve. Yeah, um, that's fine. It's, uh, the, I'm gonna get uh, actually. What I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get about four four or five fingers of um, this uh, old crow whiskey you got. Well, since you're not driving this, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna drop a shot of eggnog in it. There you and, go. Um, we'll see what happens. Yes. We'll see yeah. what happens. And like, another one of these is a chaser. All right. Yeah, I know. <sighs> what you, I know what you're doing, Eric. You think because we're here together today, you can break the rule and open up cans on Mike? Uh, whatever. Uh, well, you know what? And I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be sleeping here tonight. I'm just letting you know that right now. I so, I uh, understand. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I already told the wife to to make room in the bed for all of us. Uh, all right. Now, don't get any funny ideas. <laughs> Those aren't pillows. 
My favorite, I have, I do have a very defined music memory. Which was when I was, in, I think it was fifth grade. It would have been 1991, which I think for me was fifth grade. Us, fifth or sixth. And I was in my cassette to CD transition, and I was also in my music transition. And in my little, little youth, I was a bit, you know, I really like whatever my parents listened to. But when I first really just started discovering music of my own, it was your popular R&B rap of the late 80s, early 90s. So it was, you know, your knocking Boots or your Vanilla Ice or your MC Hammer. And so that was the year I got MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit, which is a song I stand by. I don't know about the whole album on cassette. But then right next to it, my dad, without me asking him, he uh, bought me. Nirvana's Nevermind on cassette. And that was a game changer right there. Yeah, I bet. I mean, uh, I'm sure that MC Hammer kind of collected dust after you fell into Nevermind. Well, yeah, you know, it's like you know, it, it's like what they say, you know, in The Big Lebowski, is it's how are you going to send her back to the farm after she sees Carl Hungus, you know? <laughs> when I, uh, the, the first two tapes I got before I had Taste of Music, I got, I got, I got Hammer's uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. And then uh, uh, Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> I really fucking like Fine Young Cannibals. Fine. Have you introduced the Lennox to Fine Young Cannibals? Uh, oh, no, no. She drives me no. crazy. You know what? That song, She Drives Me Crazy, was used to good work, to good use. In la- in that. Remember that, um, what was that, Last Man on Earth with uh, Will Forte that, yeah. that, that, I, that we were big fans of? That, that song was used to good use in one episode of that. Yeah. Uh, May that show rest in peace it was a lovely show it's a good time so did you guys uh you know speaking of the the dice dropped about half an hour ago <laughs> i um there's a couple of bowie milestones that were christmas related one of the most well known is one i discovered in the late 90s are you guys familiar with the david bowie bing crosby uh special Oh, I'm David Bowie. I live down the road. Oh. Sir Percival lets me use his piano when he's not around. He's not around, is he? I can honestly say I haven't seen him, but come on in. Come in. I'm about to do it. Come on in. Are you related to Sir Percival? Well, distantly, yeah. Oh, you're not the uh, poor relation from America, right? Ha! <laughs> Gee, news sure travels fast, doesn't it? I'm Bing. Oh, I'm pleased to meet you. You're the one that sings, right? Well, right or wrong, I sing either way. Oh, well, I sing too. Oh, good. What kind of singing? Well, mostly the contemporary stuff. Do you, uh, do you like modern music? Oh, I think it's marvelous. Some of it really fine. But tell me, uh, you ever listen to any of the older fellas? Oh, yeah, sure. I like uh, John Lennon and the other one with uh, Harry Nelson. Ooh, you go back that far, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm not as young as I look. <laughs> None of us is these days. In fact, I've got a six-year-old son. And he really gets excited around the Christmas holiday mm-hmm. thing. Do you go in for any of the traditional things in the uh, boy household Christmas time? Oh, yeah, most of them, really. Uh, presents, tree, decorations. 
agent sliding down the chimney. What? I was just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> Actually, uh, our family do most of the things that other families do. We sing the same songs. Do you? I even have a go at White Christmas. You do, huh? And this one. This is my son's favourite. Do you know this one? Oh, I do indeed. It's a lovely thing. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I've seen it before, and I always remember... For some reason, I kind of always knew it existed. And by always, I mean it must have been since the 90s. I don't remember exactly why. I never saw this back then. But I knew it existed, and then just for work for the show, we, you know, I gave it a watch, did a little research, and uh, it's quite a... Quite, it's quite a interesting piece of pop culture history. Well, yeah, it was, it was recorded in 1977, uh, Bing Crosby had these these specials, and I don't know how many how many of them there were. This one was Bing Crosby's Merry Old Christmas, and it was the last one because it was recorded a few months before he died. I first became familiar with it in the late '90s in high school, because around Christmas time, M2 would air the the segment of them singing together. And Mark, I assume that might have been the first time you might have saw it. I think so. Yeah. And it it it, it was fun and really kind of special because. Back then, before we had access to everything we wanted all the time, now if we wanted to see anything, we could just YouTube it. I was, you know, I was just getting into David Bowie, and this video came out of nowhere in between, you know, a, a DJ Shadow video and a Spice Girls video of David Bowie singing with Bing Crosby. And I wasn't very familiar with Bing Crosby as well, but yeah, I, I knew that it was some kind of video of a bygone age from the 70s. And it, it was during the, uh, the low era. And it seemed like David Bowie was trying to maybe be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, cleaned up is, is the word, but yeah, how, more, how much more mainstream can you get than singing Little Drummer Boy with, with Bing Crosby there? He's talking about his kid and... Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm sure somebody else wrote the script, but it, it definitely was... Uh, uh, yeah, he's definitely trying to give another side of David Bowie, uh, a more family-friendly... Yeah, I uh, and it's funny because you know Bing Crosby is. I don't know a lot about Bing Crosby. I know he he, he seemed to be a classic American singer and family friendly. But have you guys ever heard that he was actually like an asshole behind closed doors? I mean, there. The, the, what I always think of when I up until now was, and I'm not a fan of the show Family Guy per se, but I did watch like the first two seasons pretty regularly when they first came out on DVD and uh, there is always a joke where it just, you, he's just like somebody goes to Bing Crosby's house and he's just doing his thing where he does like a uh, mouth music and then and then he just starts beating the shit out of his kid <laughs> like oh. drunkenly beating the shit out of his child um, so I, and I had heard I think I had heard from somebody else after that that yeah he was he was a bit of an abusive so prick. The, the dark side of Bing Crosby he's very polite in this video though it starts out much it, it starts out much like our night started tonight. You know, you guys, I True. let you in from the cold. And you know, and this Bing comes to the door, and David Bowie comes in, and David's going kind of like, oh, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm vacationing near door, nearby, and I'm friends with your butler. And your butler told me there's a piano nearby. Can I can I sing with you? Is essentially how this thing starts. It's very awkward. Uh, yeah. It, it's very similar to how Eric and I met. Eric just knocked on my door and wanted to come in and sing with me. It was highly confusing. That's right. You look like you look like you got a set of pipes on your pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you know what's funny about this, Eric, is that uh, we've only seen 
the finished product, but I I was told you know by your butler, who I, you now nobody can ever find him, but we know you have a butler, and he was telling me that there's actually they tried to workshop this with uh, Bowie and Visconti beforehand, and he was at Denio's two weeks ago when he found some uh, some some uh, Super Eight that's uh, it's odd Super Eight video of the whole thing. I pulled the audio off of it. Do you guys want to hear that right now? David Bowie and Tony Visconti trying to sing Little Drummer Boy? I mean, we have to. We have to. I mean, uh, yeah. And I can't, I can't, I imagine there's going to be a little bit more to it than that. But yeah, let's, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Hey, careful with those ornaments. That's a, that, ah, that's a glass. Just be careful. Ah, who could that be? <laughs> ah. Oh, Dave. Oh, how you doing, buddy? Well, hello, it's me, David Bowie. I'm here from across the pond, just visiting. Yeah, listen, I can tell. I've been missing you, buddy. I know you've been working really hard on your albums in Berlin. Very proud of you. Those are the, You're pushing the, the boundaries there. But when I knew I was going to be vacationing in Kremen, I had to just shoot you a note and say, hey, come on by. Why not? Hey, let's have a little Christmas fun. Well, yes, uh, here I am is... Uh, Lord Percival the Second around? Ah, no, 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 no. He's uh, he's upstairs changing. It's always changing that guy. It's very interesting, you know, Tony. I am a fan of changes. Yeah, you wrote a top twenty song about it. Absolutely fantastic. fantastic. Yes, one one of my best songs that you had nothing to do with. Yeah, it was me and Bolin were. Doing something. Hey, what do you what do you love about Christmas, Dave? That's what I'd love to know. What do you what do you do? What what's what's a Brit that's found a home in New York, L.A., and now Berlin do with Christmas? In uh, L.A., I gotta ask, what does Crowley think about Christmas? Well, he has some more progressive views. Um, usually, uh, if we're going to discuss Christmas with him, he demands that we're nude. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That uh, You're not going to find him coming down your chimney. And if you do, you better have the milk and peppers ready. Of course. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. The diamond the diamond dog dust. I, I get it. I get it. I hear you. Hey, uh, listen. I, I I don't know what I'm doing here. Germany, uh, uh, Christmas. Listen, I'm from New York. Have you ever been in uh, Christmas in New York before? Just running through Rockefeller Center with a with a bag around your arm, buying a buying a dress from Barney's for your wife or your girl. Uh, that's the life. Well, uh, it's a completely different well, here. It's all chocolate everywhere well, you look. Why don't you know? In the spirit of Christmas, let's go. I'm feeling spontaneous. Let's go see what magic happens at that piano right over there. And listen very closely because the drum sounds I'm gonna do. I've been hanging a lot with these uh, these monks uh, from uh, from Asia, uh, all over Asia, uh, Northern Asia, Southern Asia. Listen, these monks, fantastic. They taught me how to sing in two octaves. I'm gonna try it. Just listen for it. I don't okay? even know if you've ever gotten one octave down, but fine. Come, they told me, pum pum. A newborn king to see, pa-ra-ba-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring, pa-ra-ba-pum-pum. Uh, all right, all right, Tony, hold, hold on, hold on. Do you know how this... Where's your, you, you missed your entrance, pal. It's just, yeah, I felt like it was the Tony show over there. Do this you even me. know how this song goes? 
Have you ever heard this song before? I, I, I was singing it. You, you say it. You say something about the Bible, and then you sing something like a drum. Bible drum. Bible drum. That's what I was doing. This is incredibly aggressive as well. Tony, this, Christmas is a time of reflection and relaxation and peace on earth. Oh. No, could you not? Please don't do that when I am trying to sing my part. Uh, okay, I'll try a little something different here. To lay before the king. I understand what year it is. I don't know if you know what year it is. And I haven't seen your wife this entire time. Where is she? <laughs> There's a feast to cook. She's busy. She's a lovely. She's lovely. She's... Slaving away in the kitchen. Not she's not a slave. I mean she's not a literal slave. Alright. <laughs> oh my god, what a misunderstanding. This <laughs> uh, is going where it usually does. Alright, let's give it one more shot and let's just try it one more time. I am you know, I am on vacation, but that doesn't mean that time Time is not important. <laughs> one more time. Come they told me pa rub a pa. No. This is this is not working. This is uh apparently we're on off we're going Tony are we're again in one of our our off periods. I am I can't handle this. This is too aggressive. You've upset me and my relaxing state of mind that I'm on and I am uh you know what? Yeah, this uh real cool uh boomer named Bean Crosby. Have fun with that that old fart. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, he may he may be flatulent, but uh, I bet you he can drum the boy better than you can. And I'm gonna go find out. And I don't even like this song at all. But just to just clear my mind of what you've put in it today, I'm gonna go down there and and listen to what he has to say. I'm going to Bing Crosby's house. Yeah, famous last words. Have fun. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Have fun with Bing. Bingo. I did one better. I watched it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I did watch it. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Like the script is like it's some weird. I have to imagine the rest of the special is being Crosby opening his door. And it's another like neighbor or somebody that's because he's like in like his cousin's house or something. It's not like his house. I know. It's it's a weird setup. Red Fox, what are you doing here? Very, yeah, <laughs> Red Fox. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, Bing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I do like it. That, you know, as far as Christmas songs go, it is it is good. It charted really high as one of David Bowie's highest charting singles. Uh, they released. So there's it. actually uh, another bit to that. It's not just Little Drummer Boy. Apparently, Bowie got there and told the producers, "I fucking hate that song." Yeah. <laughs> He's yes, like it's, no. it's terrible, and 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 then they they quickly wrote a second song for him to sing over like a like a mashup. Uh, so Bing Crosby would sing "Little Drummer Boy," and Bowie would sing this new song called uh, "Peace on Earth." Um, it's a very strange song where he's like demanding every child will <laughs> will look upon the glory, um, but he sings it he sings it very beautifully, and his voice is he's. Doing stuff with his voice he doesn't often do in his other work. Um, while uh, Bean Crosby is doing the baritone, pum pums and, and such. Uh, but 
anyways, that's kind of an interesting backstory. They created a new Christmas song uh, that I don't believe I ever hear any carolers singing, but that's fine. I never, I never hear the piece on her side. Uh, yeah, Bing Crosby said that Dave Bowie was a real clean-cut kid and a real fine asset to the show. He sings well, has a great voice, and reads lines well, which is kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's kind of a... The way Bing Crosby comes across is is almost like oh, I'm surprised. I, 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 yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised this uh this, this goddamn youngster is even worth a damn to to deal with. <laughs> I like how I listen to I, I perform mostly contemporary. Do you listen to modern music? Oh, I love it. It's marvelous. But what about the classics? <laughs> yeah, like John Lennon and Harry Nielsen. But how he says the classics, uh, he says, "You ever listen to any of the yeah. older fellows?" <laughs> older fellow it, it, it has a, a really bizarre rhythm to it which is perfect for parody, a parody and did either of you watch any of the parodies that were came out of this thing well I watched the one you posted um, the daily show hi Bob Mauld. I live down the street. You must be the new Bill Maher. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been called to new anything. Welcome. I've heard about you. You're the one that sings, right? Yeah, I sing, right or wrong. I like the old music. Do you remember Husker Du? Uh, no, never heard of it. Do you remember this? Oh, sure. That's a fine tune. Come, they told me, pa pum pum A newborn king to see, Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we The old, it's the old fellows, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the old fellows. Yeah. Old Craig Kilborn. Wherever he is. I was going to say, if I recall correctly, you were a, you're a Craig Kilborn guy. I was a Craig Kilborn guy. I really enjoyed his work on the, the pre-daily show. And then he went on to the Late Late Show, which was very weird and subversive. Um, I think that was probably the weirdest uh, late night television show for... Prime time, you know, uh, basic. And it wasn't basic cable. It was just over the airwaves. Um, yeah, it was a weird one. I, I, I enjoyed it. And then it made way for fuck Craig Ferguson because I think they fired Craig Kilborn and they brought in Craig Ferguson. And then he got, I don't know. He, he retired. He retired. He, retired. he didn't get the late, late, the late show when Stephen Colbert came in. I thought Craig Ferguson was really funny. 
I never watched any of the Craig Ferguson. He's he's an oddity. I, I think I painted him in the corner of being on the Drew Carey show, and I was like, ah, I don't really care about this guy. Um, but <laughs> was he? Yeah, he was on the Drew Carey show as like the boss. Yeah. And I'm talking about the the okay. sitcom show with the the lady with the you know the big lady that with the. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. Mimi, Mimi, yeah. yes, Mimi, yes. Oh yeah, I I remember, and uh, of course. Uh, the uh, the guy from whose line is it anyways? Uh, oh yes, the, the tall Dietrich Bader, Ryan Styles, and then the other guy. No, well, no, he was great, but Ryan Styles. Yeah, that's the guy I'm thinking of. But Dietrich Bader, oh, I think, was in that show too, though. He was. No, he absolutely yeah. wasn't. I, I am a fan of his. I never understood the point system on that. Like it was like a competition, but not really. It was very right. Nebulous. Yeah. That's the point. But, uh, yeah, there, there's there's a Craig Kilborn one with Bob Mold from Husker Du. Yeah, they do they do a version of the song together. It's it's, it's, it's all right. Uh, they did beat him to the punch, but I think the John C. Riley Will Ferrell version is a sight to behold. It is just awkward comedy at its best. Because because Will Ferrell actually does a great Bowie voice, um, but he just looks. He's dressed and has his hair exactly like Bowie does. But homemade haircut, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the homemade, yeah, the homemade mullet, yeah. But it's it's, it's pretty. Yeah. Cool. And then John C. Riley, uh, oh, he's he is wonderful, and his being Crosby, he even walks around just going doo doo doo, like singing singing the. Yeah, he looks just like he's about half the time. He looks like he's ready to fall over. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> He just walks really stilted. It's yeah, and it's it's pace for pace, like like line for line, pretty much a re- remake until the very end, where Bean Crosby uh, tells Will Ferrell like, you know, thanks, uh, thanks, Bobby, and he's like, no, it's Will. He, he Will Ferrell goes like, no, it's David fucking Bowie, and then they get. <laughs> but did you catch that? Did you catch that? Like in uh, both the original and in the John C. Riley Will Ferrell version. Um, how Bing Crosby pronounces Bowie. Do you go for any of the traditional things in the Bowie household? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I had to point yeah. that out to yeah. uh, Jen as well. I'm like, did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> Bowie. Yeah. Goodbye, love. Goodbye, love. Didn't know what time it was. The lights were low. Oh, oh. I leaned back on my radio. Oh, oh. Some cat was laying down some rock and roll. Out of soul, he said. Then the loud sound did seem to fade. Came back. Like a slow voice on a wave of faith That weren't no DJ, that was crazy cosmic jive There's a star man waiting in the sky He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds There's a star man waiting in the sky He's told us not to blow it But yeah, anyways, that John C. Riley. Uh, Will Ferrell is fantastic. It's on the Funny or Die um, YouTube. It. It's well worth your time. Uh, 
I love yeah. those two together. I haven't seen the apparently god-awful Sherlock and Watson movie that they did, but uh, Step Brothers is a classic comedy. Volant I agree. on the AFI that, list. It is yeah, so good. Very little happens in it, but it is it is pure chemistry. Like that that that's what that movie is. And there, there's a lot of great other characters that pop in, and there's no story really, but it's it's all it's all chemistry and, and two people at the top of their game. Yeah. Fantastic. John C. John C. Riley is a national treasure to me. He really is. He's such such he's a really good actor, and he's a really good comedic actor. It's hard to do both those things. Like he can do drama just fine. Magnolia is one of my like my top five favorite movies. He's wonderful in that, among many other movies. But then when he wants to be a, a goofball, he can pull it off. And then he can go broad, like walk hard comedy. But then also yeah. he's in all like the Tim and Eric oddity comedy. He can do it all. Yeah. Great. Oh yeah, yeah. he's uh, uh he's uh, Doctor Steve Brule on the uh, on the uh, Tim and Eric show, and then he got his own spinoff. Check it out with Steve Brule. Great. So, I would be remiss uh, when you brought up Magnolia. Um, whenever I think of John C. Riley and how that he's willing to uh, be able to comfortably go into comedies and comfortably go into dramas, uh, one other missing actor who I think about quite a lot is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Good God, that guy can do both things. Uh, so, this week on Twitter, this one guy had posted, uh, and I never really saw the whole movie, and he was like, this movie's got awful, but man, does Philip Seymour Hoffman always seem to just swing for the fences and wants to do quality work in everything that he did. And so he was showing clips of this movie called Along Came Polly. Oh, the Ben Stiller, yeah, I've, I've seen it. He's hilarious. I, Good I, God. I saw that. <laughs> He's doing these pratfalls. That <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All-timers. Yeah. <laughs> all timers like, he's fallen like on a gym basketball floor and it, you feel yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah his his best pratfall was in a uh it's actually an outtake from um punch drunk love where it's a i don't know if you guys have seen this if not i'm sure it's on youtube but he's making a commercial because remember his character was the bad guy but he had like a mattress store shut up shut the Fuck! You're all right to take shut up! Will you shut up? Shut up! Shut! 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 Shut up! Shut up! Now, are you threatening me, Dick? Aren't you? You go fuck yourself! Oi! Fuck! Did you just say go fuck myself? Yes, I did. That wasn't good! You were dead! He's making yes. a commercial where he's like strumming a guitar on the roof and talking about his sales, and then he uh, he like slips and uh, falls off the roof onto into a dumpster, and it's it's fantastic. It's not up it's not up there with the pronounced sense of loss. I really do feel about David Bowie, which whatever. Yeah. But it is up there. Yeah, I really yeah. do miss Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman sometimes. I really am like, whoa, what else could that guy have done? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah he's, I, I would say he, as far as ones that really shook me for, for you know, celebrity deaths or whatever, I would definitely put him in the top ten for sure. Yeah. Did you guys ever see, I think it was like one of his last five movies. Um, I own it, 
to Sydney. It was like the last Sydney Lament movie too, I think. Direct. Oh yeah, it was like uh... before the devil knows you're dead. Yes, great movie with Marissa Tomei. Yes, that's an intense, intense film. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a solid that's a solid film. It starts out with obviously Philip Seymour Hoffman and Marissa Tomei having sex, and uh, it's just it, it's a totally just jarring movie. It it catches you by surprise that one. Um, but yeah, any time that I think of John C. Riley, I think that I hold him in the same pantheon. Um, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably a little bit more of a method actor. Um, I think uh, John C. Riley is more willing to play around and. Um, but I always, whenever I think of one, I cannot help but help think of the other for whatever reason. Yeah, or, I'm sure they, yeah. I'm, off the top of my head, I can't remember if they did more together than Magnolia, but I'm sure they did. Boogie Nights, they're both in Boogie Nights. Oh, um, yeah, duh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember really anything else. But John C. Riley, American Treasure, please stay alive. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> He's too <laughs> weird to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know... Eric, I see you trying to tiptoe up the stairs to go lay down in your corduroy uh, smock. How was that drink a little strong, Eric? It was, but I'm not trying to lay down. I'm just seeing if you have anything else to drink up here. You know, I, I like to snoop. There's nothing. There's nothing up there but hot pockets. <laughs> okay. Oh well, we might be getting in hot pocket territory very soon. Please consider Patreon backslash Pod Like a Hole. So many podcasts, shitty podcasts, until you find a good show. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Friends glowing, talking about Bowie. It's pod like a hole. And if you want to say thanks, then let's hear silver coins. Silver coins. It's Christmas time in Patreon. Ling-a-ling, cha-cha-ching, let's give our hosts Christmas pay. We make free shows, weekly free shows, Mark, Eric, and Steve. Friends making you audible gold. Life is hell, darkness swells, so we make this reprieve. If you want to say thanks, then let's hear those. Silver coins. Silver coins. We don't get together that often. The night is young. Let's just get wild and just roll the dice again for kicks. All right. So what do we get here? Uh, this. Oh, look at that. Little fella. He's got a big old pea coat on and a warm, like a warm cotton hat. Oh, I think that's Joe Pesci from Home Alone. 
That's what yeah. the, that's a symbol on this dice. The wet bandit himself. That's right. <laughs> Marv Mark was Daniel Stern. No, that's Fuck, what was his name? What was his name? Yeah, Marv was Daniel Stern. Oh, Harry. It was Harry. Harry. It was Harry. Yeah, Harry. Yeah. Is it written yeah. on is it written, it, yeah. was it written on the dice there, Harry? No. Yeah, um, there it is. Oh yeah. There it is. It was very small. Well that's that's Harry. magical. I don't the Christmas spirit has really just made the dice knock all around. Well we might as well take advantage of this and what else is there oh yeah there's that peter and the wolf thing i guess we could go over that but before we talk about peter and the wolf i'm looking at joe Be pesci's big beautiful nose there and thinking about christmas movies and i think half the reason that some of us enjoy christmas so much is the films that are christmas themed or you know have a christmas slice of life in them for lack of a better term Anyhow, uh, Mark, what's when you when you think of Christmas movies, what's your in your your pantheon? Uh, I mean, that's that's a hard one. Um, I mean, I think the original Home Alone. I mean, speaking of Joe Pesci, uh, it's a it's a solid movie, man. I remember seeing that at a very young age, and it being just a huge cultural phenomenon. And uh, I don't know if it's my favorite Christmas movie, but it's certainly up there. Um, if I'm feeling like more of a comedy now, if I'm feeling sentimental, uh, I have recently watched It's a Wonderful Life, and I always thought it was kind of an overrated film uh, from a distance. I only saw like dribs and drabs, but when I actually sat down and watched that film, it's a fucking great fucking Christmas movie. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have, I have quite a few Christmas movies. We're not really getting into the whole is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Um, I mean, it's set during Christmas. It doesn't really feel like it's a Christmas movie, but I'll I'll still put it in there because of the setting. But I don't know. I mean, my favorite Christmas movie. <sighs> I don't know if I really have one. I think that there's a lot of strong ones, but there's also some that are just out there to be cash grabs, you know? Like four Christmases. Yeah. Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> oh, man. Eugene, mean, mean Eugene's favorite Christmas movie is, uh, too, uh, A Christmas Story, and also A Christmas with the Cranks. <laughs> Christmas Story is pretty good, though. It was Christmas Story is definitely high up there. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Eugene, real quick, thank you both for coming to my son's birthday party last Sunday. Oh, that was a great time. Yeah, it was good. It's good to see you both, just like we're seeing each other right now. I know. Can't get enough FaceTime here. No, not at all. Eric, how, Eric, how about you? See, yeah, that's it's 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 funny. As much as I act like I can at times act like a grouch about the holiday, I I love the tradition of having Christmas movies, and I have like a slew depending upon my mood. I may not watch them every year, but I will only watch them during Christmas time. Um, Home Alone, Mark, you're spot on. There's just something about it. Even the way the house is decorated, it's almost like stylistic. That The house has red floors and green walls, and it's like decorated like... You know they didn't leave that... Nobody lives in that all year long. They didn't decorate it for a season. It's just a stylistically amazing choice. Uh, but yeah, no, Home Alone's fantastic. Um, 
But like, you know, as far as action movies go, you can't really beat, of course, Die Hard's great, but the, uh, the Shane Black trilogy, right? You've got Lethal Weapon, Christmas movie. You've got Long Kiss Goodnight, Christmas movie. And then you've got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Christmas movie. All fantastic. Very, very good crime comedy. Steve, I know you're, you, for, for one, can definitely chime in on that. Oh, you call him a trilogy. That's like his whole thing. Iron Man 3 uh, right. has Christmas stuff. And I want to say The Nice Guys takes place near Christmas as well. Oh, okay. That's a great movie also. Yeah. That's and I'm sure every other thing he's written takes place around Christmas. I, yeah, no. Shane Black movies are a joy in general. And the fact that they're always tied to Christmas for the most part. And um, anyone that hasn't given it another shot, uh, there's kind of a, a critical reappraisal of the Long Kiss Goodnight in the zeitgeist right now. And I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. I think the only reason that movie didn't um, – I think in hindsight, it's just not looked at very well because it didn't make a lot of money at the box office. But I think it's a pretty good action movie. I just watched it last night, and um, it's phenomenal. And I would I would definitely recommend it as well. Gina Davis, uh, I think we take for granted because she's in a lot of stuff we like. But, um, but she is awesome in this movie as the housewife that – gets a concussion and finds out that she was actually a spy, the whole uh, assassin that had her brainwashed. Was that a Rennie Harlan film? Yes, it was indeed. And yeah, that was her husband at the time, right? Oh, I don't know. Yes, it was. Yep. He also did a cutthroat Island. With ah, her. Yeah. And he also okay, did, I can't speak he to also that did the greatest, the greatest action movie of all time. The predator. Was that what it was? Shit? No, wait, was that? Oh, I apologize. Is that him or John McTiernan? Oh, it was John McTiernan. That's oh, John McTiernan that did Predator. John McTiernan did the greatest action movie of all time, <laughs> The Predator. And Die Hard. Yeah, but uh, uh, Sam Jackson, early role for him, and he is firing on all cylinders this whole this whole, uh, this whole whole movie as the, the private detective that's helping her figure out her past. Um, and then Brian Cox is only in three scenes as her, like, old handler, but he has this monologue about his... What might be his mother or his sister's dog, or that he? Anyways, there's an old, there's a elderly lady sitting next to him with a dog that's licking its own ass, and he has this monologue about this that is, um, you you can find it on YouTube. It's one of the greatest moments in cinematic history. <laughs> it's very very good. But anyways, that movie is a lot of fun. I've uh, I've got two to bring up. One, and I'm not trying to be a nerd. That's kind of like, oh, you know, Die Hard's the best Christmas movie. And then people get in deba- a debate about it. But one movie that really isn't a Christmas movie, but it's one I saw in the theaters, even though I was too young when I was a kid. And it's always been one that has a special place in my heart, as does a sequel. Is Gremlins. I, I I love Gremlins. I, I the direction is great. The music is great. Good use of Christmas music in the Christmas setting. Uh, the antics that go on with the Gremlins. A lot of it involves Christmas, uh, you know, um, decorations. That story about Santa Claus is totally dark. Is just nonsense. And I love everything about the original Gremlins. It's just a great movie that I like to watch around Christmas time. That is a good one. 
Fantastic. I can't believe I forgot two Edward uh, Tim Burton films. Uh, Edward Scissorhands oh, yeah, yeah. and Batman Returns. Yeah. There you go. That, Nightmare, Nightmare of Before course, Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is going to be showing at the Auburn State Theater very soon, which is where I also saw Home Alone. Um, and another movie I'm going to bring up in one second. But no, let, let's 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 unpack that for a minute. Tim Burton, uh, he has gotten a little... Oh, sure. Lost his touch, if you will. But man, Edward Scissorhands is a magical, magical movie. There's no other word for Edward Scissorhands besides magical. It's wonderful. It's a Frankenstein story that... Uh, yeah, but d- just done with uh, style yeah. and humor. It's fantastic. Yeah, it makes it gets me in the feels in a couple different parts. It's extremely funny at other parts, and uh, just the music and the direction is perfect. And some of Johnny Depp's best acting. I yeah, think. when he accidentally kills kills Vincent Price, that scene is that scene that scene will grab you, grab you by the heartstrings. And Batman Returns. I mean, I there's a lot of great Batman movies out there at this point. It might on some days. My opinions vary. If you take, if you go, all the Burtons, all the ones that aren't Burton, and then all the Nolans, Batman Returns might be my favorite one. I'm not saying it's the best, but some days, man, that's the one that I could just go to, and every scene has so much to just feast on, with the dialogue and the direction and the set design. It's a, that's a wild flick. It is, and the cast is yeah. fantastic. Uh, uh, I mean. Uh, Christopher Walken just steals every fucking scene that he's in. Selena Kyle, you're fired. And Bruce Wayne, why are you dressed up like Batman? And um, then you've got Danny DeVito just really leaning into the mutant uh, penguin oh. Oswald Oswald. <laughs> it's his best. It's, it's a, he was the role he was born to play. Thank you. Mr. Cobblepot, you are the coolest role model a young person could have. And you're the hottest young person a role model could have. Mm. Here. Wear a button. Let me just get it on there. Thank you. I can really get into this mess. Stop. It's not about power. It's about reaching out to people, touching people, groping people. Yeah. So have that scene where he's all, have a button. <laughs> Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me get it on you. For yeah. trick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Michelle Pfeiffer is amazing yeah. in it. And uh, I actually like in that one how Batman's kind of an observer of all this insane He really shit. is. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of it, he's just like, whoa, what the fuck is going on all around me? Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I would actually argue, I would, I would actually argue that, uh, that if there was a flaw, Batman is underwritten. He, he just is exactly that. It's, it's him observing these two amazing stories, but he doesn't actually get a great story. And I think that's what drove but, Michael Keaton crazy. I think that's why he didn't come back for the third one. I was, he was like, there's not for much for me to do. I'm tired of losing all my screen time to the villains. So I'm done. I, that's what I've heard at least. Yeah. That, and that, I get it. I could kind of see it, but the villains are so rich in those movies that like as viewers, right. I don't mind. You know, uh, you know, Max Shrek is just, 
I think that was the first time as a kid. We were probably about 12. I really, I, I saw Christopher Walken and other things before, but that really just made me be like, whoa, this, I'll watch things with this guy. You know? Yeah. That's why years later we're watching him dance with the damn aliens at communion. Why are you dressed up like Batman? Yeah. <laughs> that, that scene where he catches Selena Kyle in his office yeah. and that part where he pushes her out the window, but they start there. The, before that happens, they're laughing and he's like, you know, she's like, oh, then you'd have to kill me, right? Something along those lines. Yeah. And he start, they both start laughing. And then he pauses, looks at her, and then pushes her through the window. It's an amazing beat. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I got to say, we ended up electing Max Shrek as our president. So, yeah. Funny how there's yeah. a little And, and Oswald Cobblepot, both of them. I know. Yeah. Somehow, it's true. somehow we got them both in the same man. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Um, I think a little a little nook and cranny of uh, Christmas movies is the Muppets because there's so many of them. Oh, you fucking asshole! You were gonna steal. All right, I said I had two, right? I I, I had I know which one you're gonna talk about. I'm just kind of all right. I'm kind of right. setting it up for you. There's a. It's strange. They have like five Christmas movies. Um, they have like the special with John Denver, and then they have. A couple other like letters to Santa or whatever. One that was also one of those that we had on VHS that we would watch every Christmas growing up was that we recorded off TV was Muppet Family Christmas, where um, they uh, they go and to, to Fozzie's mom's house and they've invited everyone. Sesame Street shows up, Fraggle Rock shows up. Uh, it's 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 madness, but uh, I always remember that one being being kind of fun. Um, and let's not. Let's not forget about Emmett Otter's Jug Band special. <laughs> uh, and then uh, another one that 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 I enjoy is um, so shit. There was that one. Oh, as far as Christmas ones go, I think the next one. Yeah, the next one's yours, you, Steve. Getting back to Emmett Otter, Mark. Have you ever watched Emmett Otter's no, Jug I've Band? No, I've seen the special? the cover of it, and it just communicates just pure pure joy. Uh, I need to I need to sit down and watch that thing. <laughs> it's you say that and you're right, but there is a uh, there's a set of characters in that band or in that movie uh, special. That's this this rock band that are like all these toughs from Eric. What are they called? Like the the river bottom tough guys or something? <laughs> Sounds like a minor league baseball team. Oh man, it's just. <laughs> Here they are, the rock group known as the Nightmare. We think what we want, we do anything that we wish. No, they're all and they're all like you know weasels and uh, wolves and stuff, and they wear leather jackets. Uh, they're they're great characters. Um, no, but the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm a, I'm a fan, as uh, you guys both know, of just the Christmas Carol of all shapes and sizes. The original story, any adaptation of it. I'm a fan of the George C. Scott one. I'm a fan of the uh, Captain Picard one. I'm a fan of the Mickey Mouse one. I am definitely a fan of the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's my absolute favorite Muppet movie. My favorite version of a Christmas Carol. Uh, probably my favorite Christmas movie. I try to watch it every year. I think it's just a magical experience. 
songs are good. Michael Caine is great. Gonzo is great. The direction is good. It was the first uh, post-Jim Henson Muppet movie, I believe. Right. Uh, the, the, the music is just spot on. And uh, there's just some parts in it that get me choked up just thinking of it. I just, the, the Muppet Christmas Carol is just a, a joy. Um, uh, the, the end, when they're all singing together with Michael Caine and everybody's happy, it's, it's one of my favorite ending songs in a movie. I, uh, yeah, huge fan I of saw that here. at the Sunrise Mall. Um, it was, I, like you said, big fan of that movie. Um, it might also be my favorite Muppet movie. It, that one in the probably the first Muppets movie is also just an all-time classic where they go to New York. Or am I thinking, no, the Muppet movie, they don't take Manhattan, right? Yeah. Right. That's Muppets, the sec- yeah, 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 Muppets take Manhattan is the second one. No, Muppet Take Manhattan is the third one. The Great Muppet, Muppet Caper, Caper yeah. is the second one. I love Muppet those first Caper. three Muppet movies yeah. are, are solid classics. Yeah, it's a good. They're actually. Um, okay. What was your? Yeah, actually, like I like all I like all of them. Even uh, Muppets in Space. I'll, 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 I'll um, give that one a spin. Did you happen to see Robert Zemeckis's Beowulf rendition of uh, of Christmas Carol, where he had Jim Carrey as Scrooge? No. Oh no! You know, nope. As much as I am, bad. I never watched um, that one. It, it, it's not bad. It's you know essentially a retelling of the Dickens. Um, it's not bad. Give it a try. Hmm. Yeah, any 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 reimagine of it, uh, I'll, I'll I'll usually go for. I like it when TV shows do a special where they just do that story again. Uh, the comic book that I like, The Goon, did a one issue where the, all the Goon characters got plopped down into it. I always enjoy seeing someone take a cast of characters we recognize and seeing who they decide who's going to be Scrooge, who's going to be Jacob Marley, who's going to be uh, yeah. Tiny Tim. That's, that's always fun. And uh, one, there are some great comedic beats in that Muppet Christmas Carol movie. There's some stuff you don't notice the first time you watch it, and if you watch it a few times, in the corners of the screens... There's all these Muppets doing wacky stuff in Victorian England. It's really hilarious. And uh, also, just like Rizzo the Rat's always off in the corner doing things. And I've, I've, I've missed out on some jokes that after like 100 viewings, I, I just caught like last year. Um, and the one, but the one joke I noticed the first time I saw it, and it's one of my absolute, just brings me so much joy, is when they're a uh, flashback scene and they're in his schoolhouse. And Sam Eagle plays his uh, old, like, dean. Yeah. And he walks in, and he's like, Oh, yes, business. Business is great. Business is the American way. And Gonzo nudges him and leans over and whispers in his ear, and he goes, Business is the British way. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, it makes me laugh. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, it's a great one. Uh, the, the, the character design for the... Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future is just creepy and scary and like one of the best of the Muppet designs. It's great. Um, yeah, we're big fans of this house, although I think I might would be one of the only people that like the Jason Siegel movie, the, the, well, the newer one. I think one. that one's fine. But the Muppets are... That one's fine. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, I think it's a good one. And it's got the great... Uh, uh, the great, like... Uh, Brit from Flight of the Concords doing all the music. Yep, the music for it. Yeah, really good. The guy that directed it and was Muppet... yeah one of the guys that directed a lot of the yeah. Concords oh, yeah. video or episodes. The star, uh, yeah, Stoller or whatever. He also did. Um, I think he also directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is a pretty great 
little breakup comedy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Muppets Most Wanted, though the last one they made, that is a that is a top notch one as far as I'm concerned. It, it 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 belongs in the in the list. I think that's a really good one. So there's my two cents. So we just rolled that dice over there. Yep. And uh, we don't have much more to choose from Bowie related for Christmas stuff. We didn't talk about we didn't talk about Peter and the Wolf. We didn't. And I was gonna say. That's, that's that's Christmas E, right? That's pretty. I mean, it's winter time. It, it's it's yeah. close enough. Well, well, yeah. it takes place in Russia, and I'm pretty sure it's always winter time there. I mean, are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. Early one morning, Peter opened the gate and went out into the big green meadow. Right? I mean, we can ask Yipkov Smirnoff. Yeah. (laughs) It's always, it's always winter time for democracy there. I know this that much. Um, So Eric, do you know much about the Peter and the Wolf in general? Uh, Yeah, it was, it was done back in the thirties. Uh, as a way to in, like get kids interested in um, like music, classical and music, instruments yeah. and that kind of thing, yeah. right? And not just that, but yeah, just that, like, but also that's... like what instrument makes what sound, and then get kids. Yeah, interested this is in why that. you know. Yeah, this sounds like you know this. So they do that part in the opening where they have all the characters, and they say the grandpa will be the oboe, and then it has a little oboe rendition. That whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I and then I remember uh, the Disney movie, which um, was Peter. Same story, and it starts the same way with the narrator telling you, yeah, uh, you know what, who does what instrument or whatever. Um, and I always remember that one. I probably I know that more, even though I have heard this before. But I remember that one the most. Yeah, this version was. Um, so yeah, the, the story in a nutshell. This Peter goes out. I don't know if he's going hunting or what, but his grandpa tells him, don't go outside. He goes outside, and then him and all his animal friends get chased around by a wolf, and eventually the ca- the, some hunters capture the wolf. That's it, right? That's pretty much, that's the, whole, the story. whole story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it has some really great uh, movements that it, you'd recognize if you heard them. And in the 70s, 1977 to be exact, uh, RCA wanted to make a a copy of this with the uh, I think it was the the Philadelphia Orchestra doing the music and the original people they wanted to do it was a friend of the show Alec Guinness and someone I've never heard of named uh, Peter Ustinov and both of them turned it down uh, I Peter, would have liked to Peter be... Ustinov uh, was the uh, D- Detective Poirot the uh, the classic you know classic bumbling Belgian detective. Yeah, that, that was that actor. Sorry, go on. Oh, him was that? That's uh, was that like an Agatha Christie thing or what was that? Yeah, uh, it was. Was it Agatha? I think yeah, it was Agatha Christie. You're right. Yeah, uh, yeah BBC. Interesting, because I saw Knives Out today, and I'm wondering if uh, 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 Clive Clive Owen's character. Clive Owen? The fuck's his name? Yes. Um, yeah, Clive Owen. Not Clive no, Owen. um, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, uh, Daniel Craig's character was based off him. I'm not sure. Did he have uh, a knives out. big wa- waxy mustache? 
He did not, okay. but he had a ridiculous accent. And he solved the mystery. But <laughs> good movie, everybody. Yeah. Anyhow, David Bowie uh, did it, and he said it was a Christmas present to his son, Duncan, who was uh, seven years old then. So he mentions his kid is six in the Bing Crosby special, and then one year later he does this when his kid is seven. That's fun. Mm. Uh, I, he's He didn't do it often, but whenever he kind of got involved in kid stuff, uh, Bowie kind of went all out. And uh, I think his narration is fantastic in this. Uh, he plays the characters. He changes his voice. It's 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 good. You can imagine, you know, him as a narrator being a pretty entertaining experience. Um, and then, of course, uh, this would culminate in a few years with Labyrinth. But uh, uh, but he also did a little. Did you guys watch that? I know. I think Mark did. But did you guys watch that little clip I sent you from the Snowman? Yes. I I did not. Tell me all about it. Well, The Snowman was an animated movie I remember seeing about a kid that makes friends with the snowman. The snowman comes alive, gives him a scarf. They fly through the air. Beautiful. Yeah, like, I saw that. Yeah. It was um, it was on PBS every year. Right. I remember watching yes. The Snowman. Yes. yes, yes. So there's a version of it with Bowie does an introduction. And it's up in his attic. And it's snowing outside. And it talks about, oh, yes, this reminds me of visiting my grandmother on the shores every Christmas. And he's and he's and he pulls out this big old scarf and and this scarf I was given to by a friend, a real snowman who was alive. And this is the story, and uh, it's a it's definitely him in like a let's dance styling. Is he has the bleached hair and it's a it's a pretty wonderful introduction. I will check that out. Did either of you own uh, Peter and the Wolf? I bought it in the used section at our record no. store when I worked there. No, nope. never, never did either. Never did. Um. I did uh, listen to it, I think for the very first time in preparation for this episode that we got together for, and it is very reminiscent of the uh, the, the the short that was in Make Mine Music, that Peter and the Wolf, from you know I was familiar with that, and uh, and so yeah, this is essentially just Bowie doing the narration. Some crack genius on YouTube took Bowie's narration and put it over the the Disney. Um, and fits perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's 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 the way to watch it. That's a great mashup. Yeah, one of the uh, I think one of the highlights of it is it, it does sound really it sounds really good. It's it's uh, that that orchestra is doing a crack job. The string section for for Peter I think sounds great. I think it's really good string work. I uh, it's very lush. Oh yeah, that that riff dun 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 yeah, it's yeah. very iconic. That riff. It's a, it's, a, it's a fun old time. I I actually recommend that uh, anyone give it a shot. Just uh, you know, make a make a nice eggnog like the three of us are drinking right now together, and sit down and, and give it a good old listen. Yes, that's right. Well. Boys, I know that Eric has to uh, get tucked in. Um, I'll read you the <laughs> night before some, Christmas. Can we get some pizza? First? Yeah, we can go down to Lucky Jay's and get some of that pizza that makes you wish uh, that you ordered at AM PM. Which uh, I'm not saying much <laughs> for it, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> but before we go, Steve, you, you see those two guys around the the lawn? I think before we leave the house, I think we need to set some traps yeah, looks, just in case. Yep. No, oh. it's. Uh, I, I I knew this was gonna happen. I knew this was gonna happen. 
that Joe Pesci came out of retirement to do The Irishman, and once he started acting again, he just wouldn't stop. And I don't know if they're the sticky bandits or the wet bandits or whatever bandits they are, but that's definitely a very old Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci trying to break into this house right now. All right, someone go grab Steve Spider from upstairs. I'll go grab some tacks. All right, let's see here. I'll wrap this this uh, iron around the uh, bar up there. Set a yeah, you know, down. lucky for me, or us, uh, uh, Murdoch, my old-ass dog, has some kind of ridiculous skin disease now, and he just smells like he's dying, and I think I'm just going to throw Murdoch at them. So... <laughs> just make sure we we have to make the catapult to launch at him, you know, uh, to launch Murdoch at them. And yeah, we got, uh, I think we got we're time. In we have nothing better to do tonight. That's right. right. Let's stop those baddies. All right. Well, let's get out of here. And, let's. You uh, know what? We should. Yeah, we're gonna see everybody very soon. Let's go bring Joe Pesci closer to Pod.